This is your man, F. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts. There's a lot to get into this weekend, so we're going to start off with today being a part two. So we're going to put out, again, this edition right now that you're hearing. And then later on tonight, I want to get into a, for a few more things, of course. Uh, well, first things first, today I want to get through the World Series, of course. Uh, talk a little bit about game six. We're also going to be breaking down the aftermath, kind of what both teams are going to be uh, having to face in the offseason, who's going to be more, uh, which team is going to look more the same coming into the next year, and which team, with that being said, which team has a chance to possibly repeat or just have a, any, a, any anywhere near the amount of success that they had in this season. Also, uh, I plan on getting into the NFL, of course, a bunch of drama there. Oh, and before I leave the MLB, of course, we have, uh, well, we have some news from both teams in the Bay. So I'll just keep it at that. Also, I want to get into the NFL, like I said, uh, so much drama there with my Raiders. Again, I thought it was just Henry Ruggs, but we got more drama than I thought. We got Aaron Rodgers and his vaccine drama and talk about why I'm kind of mad at him right now not necessarily so much for his stance of course but other things he got into also OB, uh, obj is in some drama we'll be breaking down some thursday night football as well <clears throat> also want to get into the nba uh dame and the blazers are struggling right now i want to get into some scores from last night and also take a look at the standings for the first time uh here and then finally uh, I want to get into why I think Kanye and Facebook is full of shit. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, a whole lot to get into this weekend again to the point where I got to put in two parts for today. Uh, but anyways, let's get into the World Series. Of course, pretty much a dominant effort uh, from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they win the series 4-2 to two and no game looked as just, you know, just dominant as opposed to this one. 7-0 was the final score in this one. Of course, like I said, Braves get the win. This is their first World Series win since 1995, if I'm not mistaken. In this one, uh, designated hitter, Jorge Soler, hit a three-run home run. Short, uh, shortstop Dansby Swanson was able to get a two-run home run. And Fred, uh, Freddie Freeman was able to get a home run, as, uh, as well as driving in another run. Uh, on the mound, Pitcher Max Free was able to get the uh, W. He went uh, one and one in the series. This time he went for six innings, gave him four hits, but no earned runs. He also had six strikeouts. For the Astros, uh, altogether six hits from them, but they were zero and three with runners in scoring position. And they also left five runners on base, so they had opportunities to score, but they were not able to pull through. Atlanta just played really good defense. And then also they had a great pitcher on the mound, which has pretty much been the case for them throughout the series. Uh, again, I originally went with the Astros. I'll take that. I'll take that. 
that L there, you know, um, I definitely thought that um, that their pitches would show up. I thought that their rotation would show up. I thought they had a decent enough bullpen to, you know, to beat Atlanta. I didn't think Atlanta, you know, well, it just look at, you know, if you looked at the, the records to, to end the year, you thought that the Astros would pretty much, you know, handle this. But again, uh, to my surprise, the pitching staff did not, did not do this pitcher uh well sorry the starter Luis Garcia uh he takes the L in this one only lasts for two innings uh gives up two hits three earned runs uh he did have three strikeouts but what difference does it make again when you give up three runs the bullpen uh with the rest of the way of course didn't do too much better four hits four earned runs including two home runs you know just a bad look and um but I don't, you know, but with that being said, the Braves played a good game. They played a good series. They played good throughout the playoffs, so you can't really take it away from them. Uh, great win by them. I won't take nothing away from them. But let's move on. Uh, we are going to talk about the aftermath. Now, what is next for these teams right here? The biggest thing for the Braves right now is they got a, a few free agents to go, to go through this uh, season. Now, the top free agents right now are pitcher Drew Smiley. He signed for $11 million for one season. Uh, sorry, for one, yeah, for one season deal. And he made 23 starts this season and had an 11-4 record. Uh, he did have an ERA of 4.48 as a starter, but eventually would land up land in the bullpen where he had a 1.64 ERA and he led the team uh, in his pitch versus the Dodgers in the ALCS. So again, uh, he became a great rotational pitcher coming out the bullpen. He specific, uh, well, he specifically stepped his game up during the playoffs. Again, he's probably not your go-to starter. Again, he had a slightly high ERA in that regard. But I think coming out the bullpen, I think he's a valued asset, particularly with, with what the Braves wanted to do this season. And uh, I personally will go, I will personally keep him. You also got Jorge Soler. Again, he had some big moments in the World Series. So, of course, you know, that's going to be a big question there. What do they do with him? We also got Eddie Rosario. He was acquired via trade during the regular season. In 33 games with the team, he had a batting average of 330, on-base percentage of 575, and a slugging percentage of 903. He also won the NLCS MVP. So, again, we have a lot of a lot of good players here, and we're not done. We're not even done yet. Of course, we have Freddie Freeman, the man of the hour, one of my you know my favorites at the position. Uh, uh, he had a, sla a hitting uh, slash of 300, 393, and 503 with an 896 OPS. 31 home runs this year, 83 RBIs, 120 total runs, and that was in the regular season. Uh, in the in the playoffs, however, he did step his game up even more. 304, 428, 625 slash. He also had a 1.05 OPS. I think that was fourth among uh, active hitters. So, again, in this year's playoffs, so, again, Top notch, five home runs, eleven RBIs, eight runs scored, and again he's pretty much said he wants to spend his entire career in Atlanta. So I think that's the no-brainer here. Eddie Rosario, possibly. I like Drew Smiley. If you if you can make a move on Solaire, hey, fine. If not, then you know what it is because you still got. Even if you let, you know, Rosario walk. You would still have uh, your boy who's coming back from injury, Ronald Acuna. So you have you have some players there. You have some options here in Atlanta. I think the biggest question for uh, Houston was, you know, was Dusty Baker going to come back? And for the short term, he is. He signed a one-year deal. 
I'm pretty sure they have a few uh, free agents to go through as well, but it's not as it's not as big as a deal as uh, as Atlanta right now. So we'll see what happens with them. I think they're both in prime position again to kind of well again for the Astros are getting a little bit older. For the the Braves, this team is just kind of coming together that nucleus is building. So I think Atlanta is on a good trajectory. You might even see Houston finally take a step back going into the next season just because people are, you know, people are a little bit older now. We'll see. Uh, but again, I think they're still one of the best teams in the American League. And you'll see that again next year to some extent. Moving on before I let you guys go, like I said, I want to get into some news regarding the Bay Area teams. Uh, Bob Melvin, of course, manager, well, he was a manager of the A's, has decided to take a job in San Diego. Again, he signed a three-year deal with the Padres after spending 11 years in Oakland where he won three divisional titles and had six total playoff appearances. Now, his career total of 1,346 1, wins is fifth among active, uh, active managers, and he's pretty much known for making the A's a consistent playoff caliber team despite having one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. And uh, this was a, a, t- a year or a season for both teams in which they were pretty much slated to do great things or pretty or good things, at least make it to the playoffs. And they were have solid stretches, that being for, you know, the Padres and the A's. Uh, but they would end up both missing the postseason. For the Padres, they just had a lot of free agent signings not pan out. Uh, they had some drama within the team. Of course, we saw Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado get into it. And as far as the A's are concerned, again, uh, the pitching staff did not really show up this year. They had a couple little issues, too. But I also did mention, I think, uh, at some point early in the year, I know I did, I just don't know, I can't remember exactly when, that I, I really truly felt that the A's should probably go in a different direction and maybe even let go of Billy Bean as well and just try to start it over again. And uh, we also, I also mentioned how, you know, in reality, you know, the A's are actually in a profitable market. Oakland shares the same uh, sports market as San Francisco. So there's a lot of money here. It's just that the, the, the team itself and the owners themselves tend to be very, very cheap. And they're not really providing the resources for a manager or a team to really succeed. And that's what the pro- that's the problem that you have here. That's why we can't we can't keep good things and we're probably on our way to Vegas. Hopefully we won't be super cheap there either because nobody's going to want to play for us. Just keeping it real. Okay, moving on from the A's, we're going to go uh, go across the bridge to uh, San Francisco where Buster Posey, their long-time catcher, MVP, has decided to retire after 12 seasons in the league. Posey, like I said, was a seven-time All-Star, including this uh, last season, uh, hitting the 304 average this year. This is the first catcher in the league, uh, well, in league history, that's hit 300 or better in his final season. And he went on to say, in his own words, I want to do more stuff from February to November with my family. Physically, it's much harder now. It's hard to it's hard to enjoy it as much when there is a fit when there is physical pain you're dealing with. I can't I can't um, argue with the man there. He's given the league uh, 12 years. Like I said, he's and he's also suffered a lot of you know harsh injuries throughout that time as well. But came back and did his thing. Uh, but also, you know, I do respect it. If it's time for you to go, either mentally or physically, I'm all for that. He's a great player, and he's earned that. Posey and Pete Rose are the only two players in, in MLB history to win Rookie of the Year and MVP in three World Series titles. So, again, uh, we're looking at somebody who's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. He did opt out in, 
opt out last season, uh, and that did play a factor into his final decision this year into retiring. Uh, I believe going into that offseason, he did have a um, a low output year in terms of production, and I think that was partly because he was dealing with a whole lot of injury and had been for the past couple of seasons. And he said that was good, and, and of course I'm paraphrasing now, but he said it was good to kind of sit back and uh, take things easy and not have to have that same rush on him and you don't have to, you know, worry about playing 164 games and you know again exerting his energy energy pretty much and you know he loved being at home with his family he has a deep family right now i think he has uh, a son a daughter and i believe he adopted two newborns i believe so he's a good guy uh just like freddie freeman a good guy in the community they're the type that you know the community service guys not just you know great players but they're ambassadors to the league so i know it hurts the community of san francisco but you know, hearing, you know, from where he's coming from and, and just, you know, seeing him throughout the years, I, I, he's definitely earned it. That's what it is. You know, at some point, you know, you, I want to, I will be blessed, you know, when I'm at the day that I can fully retire and I'm comfortable with being able to do so. So that is, you know, again, that's a little bit of a sensitive for me. That's somebody to look up to. He's got to do his career and he's able to retire on his own terms and he can take care of his family. He'll be going back to Georgia where his family is originally from. And I think it's a good move when you're ready to go, do it. You got other guys like Albert Pujols, you know, and this is not take nothing away from him. He's just on the flip side. He's uh, nearing 40 years old, he still wants to play. He's currently going to be playing in the Dominican League, if I'm not mistaken, next season. So he's all about it. So again, this is two ex- two different, uh, ex- not even extreme, but two different ends of the spectrum, you know. And uh, we just so happen to see the end of the Buster Posey era. Uh, he may come back. Uh, the Giants have offered him uh, any other position that he might want. You know, if he decides to come back to baseball, pretty much. And I think that's good. That shows that, you know, that they're definitely, you know, what's the word here, Uh, grateful of his impact for, again, the team in that community, that city. So good look on them. Uh, Good career. Shots out to Buster Posey. Shots out to his family. You got a good father that is for their kids. That's, you know, you you got a good father figure there. And I hope him best in the future. I'm going to take a quick break when we come back. Like I said, we got to delve deep into the NFL bunch of drama to get into i also want to get into the nba as well so let's go ahead and get into it all right y'all this is saturday you know what i said a lot to get into never out of bounds i'll be back like i hit the fucking lotto and cashed out last night i smoked white kush passed out why nobody ain't tell me damn it's a new day i'm feeling good like raw sex forever hood fuck the law yes got a bad bitch naked in my fortress keep your enemies close what you call chess i'm playing it ain't hard to tell like l i'm doing it and doing it and doing it well huh Ask Callie, all I do is win, then I get money, tell a friend, tell a friend, fly bitches, fast cars, and fresh fabrics, at the Claremont with black cars, no baggage, my life's so movie-like, self-made nigga, New York to LA nigga. Alright y'all, so we are back, and like I said, the Raiders can't seem to keep themselves out of drama. Now earlier in the week, with Henry Ruggs III, starting wide receiver, Besides, early in the morning, I'm going to get drunk and drive around up to speeds of 150 plus miles an hour. This wasn't smart because, of course, he was in a car accident. And unfortunately, 
he took the life of somebody. Now, he's been charged with up to five different counts by Clark County, including reckless driving, resulting in bodily harm, and possession of a firearm while impaired. And he could face up to 46 years in prison if convicted. Now, you know, I you know, I saw the post positivity or trying to, you know, reach out and show love, right? Derek Carr, you know, like we need to love him and all this and he's right, right, he needs love and all that. You know, but you also gotta make better decisions as well, and we gotta promote doing that. Can we get out of the drinking and driving, guys? Like, have you? Have, I mean, we've seen. We, I mean, have we? Are people not telling us this in our background, in our homes? I mean, it surprised me that we're still, we're still doing this. Now, I don't mind taking a couple drinks and then leaving, and you know, you might be a little bit buzzed, but clearly this dude was impaired. I believe he was. 0.161 alcohol level. That's well above whatever legal limit, which is 0.8. And technically, you can't really get you can't really get away with 0.8 if you probably not drinking like a shot or like a glass of wine or something. So really, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it unless you're giving yourself some time to kind of fall back and chill. And they kind of tell you how much time they you need to kind of chill and fall back before you even think about getting behind the wheel again, based on how much you drink you know this is stuff that you can figure out and find out you know to be getting caught up like this is is negligent and there's really no excuse for it and I understand we want to be understanding of these people and, and you know have a, a good heart and you know not be so judgmental or whatever negative but at the same time the man took somebody's life you know the lady burnt she burned alive the car caught her car caught on fire all because this man decided oh, I can be I can do whatever I want there's no consequence let me drink and drive it doesn't work it's not safe I wouldn't suggest that anybody do that and this is someone coming from somebody who smoked weed and drive I wouldn't suggest that people do that I wouldn't do that I, I stopped doing that it's not healthy it's not safe do that shit at home where you ain't got nothing to do. Don't go nowhere. That's what you do. That's why. That's why you know. That's why you get DWIs because this can happen. So I, I mean, I, I feel for the woman. I just think, and I think Ruggs should have used it. Should have been in a better state of mind. We know better. We know what happens. We know that we are at risk of getting pulled over. And then dude had a weapon on top of that. Now, again, I understand, you know, the world is crazy. You want to protect yourself, but it, it looks it looks worse when you get caught up like that. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying he, he meant to kill this woman. But see, when you're drinking, you've allowed yourself to become that intoxicated. You... You give up that that wherewithal. You give up that extra attention and that extra self awareness. So 
you know, you got to you gotta make those choices. You got to know when enough is enough and to know when to take a break and to sit back and know when not to get behind the wheel. I don't know if he was at the club or something or at somebody's house chilling. Or, I mean, to be out at 3 in the morning, you know what they've always said about that. You know, ain't nothing good out at 3 in the morning. You know, uh, maybe you get an Uber. Maybe you get somebody to come get you. I don't know what you do in that situation. But I, I, I'm not driving. If I'm intoxicated to that extent, to the point where I can't control what I'm doing behind the wheel, that's dangerous. Sure, I've I've gotten away with it, but it, I've I've never felt good about it, and it's and it made me personally. I've had to stop personally. I've made the effort to not do it, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes: personal accountability and personal responsibility. If I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna drink at home, and I'm not gonna go anywhere. I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink wherever I'm at. And if I got to drive, I, I will have taken enough of a break to feel comfortable with that again. I don't just keep drinking and keep drinking. No, there's a point when I stop. If I got to drive, I'm going to stop anywhere, any amount, any any distance. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't take anything but just one wrong move and you're done. So, you know, threw the bag away. To do what? To just to, to, to get drunk? You're an athlete. You shouldn't even be out and doing all that in the regular season. I can see if it was in the off season, you off doing your thing. But this is regular season on top of that. You got a game coming up. Where is the priority? You can't just get drunk all the time. Trust me. It, it catches up with you. Don't matter if you NFL player. Get, you can't get drunk and get high every week. It don't matter if you're an NFL player, a rapper, or just a regular guy working nine. It doesn't work. It catches up to you. It don't work. Trust me. You burn out. You can't keep that lifestyle up. You got to mature at some point. Hopefully, he doesn't have to go to jail for 46 years or prison. Moving on because the Raiders, again, just keep putting their foot in shit. Their defensive back. Damon Arnett, another first-round draft pick. He is caught up, again, with this social media. Social media is going to be the death of some of y'all because y'all don't know how to use it. It's supposed to be for a little comedy. You can put yourself out there. You can talk about certain things. You can, you know, say certain tidbits. If you know how to, if you know how to say it right, you can use TikTok for great things. But don't post on there with your guns. Don't post on there with your drugs. Don't make calls, drug calls on TikTok. And again, this is not, again, referring to what Damon Arnett is doing. But again, it's he it's, this this TikTok video surfaces of him with some loaded weapon. He's talking about, I'm going to kill somebody. You going to do this. He going to do that. Bro, what are you doing? Do you not know authorities can see that? Do you not know somebody can take that to an authority? And mind you, he got into some car crash too sometime last season. Uh, hit and run, pretty much for him. He had his homie try to take, end up trying to take the fall for him. It didn't work, of course. Where is the priorities? Out there posting with these guns too much, you gonna shoot somebody now. They gonna kick. They gonna probably release him too. So two first round picks, 
Now I got to take about take back everything I said about John Gruden as a coach and a scouter, because uh, these people are man. I, the decision making, you do not do that online. Ooh, social media makes it. T- and and oh, I'll get to how I feel about more about specifically specifically Facebook in just a minute, because man. They didn't piss me off with, oh, man, with that community standards bullshit. But I'll get to it when I get to it. But this right here, some things you just can't do online. And, again, this one I kind of heard it just out of nowhere. Like, I, I came across a story last night on YouTube, and I was like, nah, nah, I can't be. I looked at the thumbnail. I, didn't even, I couldn't even look. I didn't even think to look at the thumbnail harder last night. I'm like, oh, no, it's just some crazy shit. I'll get back to that later. It's nothing important. And I wake up just before I start to record. And I look at the thumbnail again because I'm about to, you know, I look, I'm on YouTube just for a little bit before I record it, smoking and everything. And I see it again. I see the thumbnail for what it is. I see the gun on there. I'm like, oh, this boy right here. Uh, we just can't, we can't get right. Like, the, like on life. Can't get right, boss. Like, who the hell posts up with that type, that type of shit on fake on on TikTok, and it makes these threats. That's all against the law, sir. Do you have a, a license for that firearm? By the way, I hope you got, at least got a license for the motherfucker. Where are y'all fathers? Did y'all fathers teach y'all? Where were they? What, what knowledge did were they telling y'all? Maybe they weren't around in some cases, but God, somebody gonna have to be around and tell you not to how not to operate. That is ridiculous. You are jeopardizing your money, sir. Because nobody want to deal with that. Nobody want. And then if the Raiders release you, who else gonna want to pick you up? You just signed your. Even if you don't go to jail for none of that, you just signed your your career death warrant. Mm. Raiders, we need help. If we could take this drama and ride it to the playoffs, we are one of the best teams ever in uh, Basaccia, that's his name. He should definitely be a head coach and probably win head coach of the year. <laughs> if he could take us to the playoffs with this, because God damn, boy. Like, it's, almost like, it's almost like we just can't, we just can't stay out our own way. It's, I'm t- but it's cold because, I mean, growing up, particularly in my, my older years after high school, I know what it's like to be in your own way, so... That's why I was just like, God damn. Like, I made dumb decisions. I wasn't thinking. I mean, of course, I didn't just post up with no weapon on social media. But I've, I've done the, 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 the dumb every now and again post on social media. Like, oh, anybody got some tree? Like, I've done stupid stuff like that. But nowhere to that. I mean, come on. Like, that's. I'm talking about you going to kill people. You just want to get in trouble. Do you not see what your teammates is going through? I guess not. Anyways, let's move on to Aaron Rodgers. We have a lot to get through, and I'm racing to not have my laptop down on me because I'll have to take the extra step of recording on my phone. I don't necessarily want to do all that, but anyway, A-Rod, again, he's in the news for something other than football. Oh, yeah. Every year, it seems like there's some outside drama with this guy, but anyways, he's accused of lying about his vaccination status. Although it's unknown if he disclosed this to his disclosed his personal findings to his team or to the NFL, uh, he basically went on Pat McAfee's podcast and started talking about how he was 
he did his own research and found out he was allergic to an ingredient that's found in the mRNA versions of the vaccine. So that includes the Moderna and the Pfizer. And of course, he said that would leave only the Johnson and Johnson left over. But then he's, he talked about how he heard about all these different complications. Now, mind you, I don't really have an issue with his stance, particularly with, again, with how y'all know how I feel about Kyrie. Uh, with all that being said, this is kind of just kind of bring everything to the table in terms of what's going on with him. Uh, he did test positive uh, recently for COVID, and he will miss ten days. Now, this is what he ended up saying on national television when they interviewed him originally. He went on to tell them that he was immunized. Now, immunized means you're never going to get it, and it seems to me regardless of vaccination status or whether or not you've gotten it before you're still going to come in contact with it to some degree and you're still going to have your body may or may not have an effect on it again more robust immune systems and people who have taken the vaccine are not going to feel the brunt of it now those with questionable immune systems and those with questionable immune systems who haven't been vaccinated of course you know it's all about immune system so I don't disagree with that part about what Aaron Rodgers is saying because again that's what anybody else that's anti-vax has been saying this whole you know this whole conspiracy of what they're basing this on you know you know home remedies or you know whacked out science is not is bullshit because we're or just something made up is bullshit because anybody who's anti-vax immediately goes into immune system it's not anti-vax for the sake of not vaccine so when he decided to go ahead and say well i'm anti-vax but not flat earth and wanted to make a comment on Kyrie, i said oh fuck this guy i mean y'all pretty much on y'all pretty much feel the same way don't let his flat earth beliefs you know it, 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 his flat earth beliefs and in covid beliefs are two totally different conversations the fact of the matter is y'all don't want to take the vaccine. Y'all pretty much in the same boat. If he, if, if the NFL was as strict as the NBA, you'd be in hot water. So, again, don't 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 try to put motherfuckers down for having the same point, same viewpoint as you. You know, well, I'm not like like as though as though Kyrie's Kyrie's you know reasoning was not the same as yours for not wanting the vaccine, which it was. So don't. Leave that, leave that bullshit out of it. He also wanted to talk about the left and the, the, the woke mob that wanted to go after him. And let me just say this. Um, I read CNN's article referring to, uh, to Aaron Rodgers and what happened to him. And there's no slant as to calling him some type of idiot, some type of whatever. Um, there's no slant on him. They, all they did was report pretty much what he said. They talked about how he got his advice from Joe Rogan, which I wouldn't. I'm a podcaster just like Joe Rogan. Sure, I'm not big and famous, but I'll be the first person to tell you, do not take your shit from me because I'm researching and I'm getting my shit from sources. So you should be too. Getting your own education and understanding it from your own perspective and how, or your the best of your comprehension abilities, right? What you've been taught. And try to get, I mean, and again, not necessarily what you've been taught, but kind of, you know, your style of learning. And again, everybody's interpretation of this information is going to be different. So whatever kind of you get is what you're going to get. 
Um, now they can now the schools can teach you, your professor can teach you, but again, how you get the information and how it resonates with you is going to be different from the next person. Okay, so again, like I said, back to these these uh, this 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 tangent he wanted to go on about the left and the woke mob, and you know, again, he he wants to sully the mud a little bit by by again tweeting again after the fact. Oh, well, I'm not conservative or right wing, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what his tweets were. He goes, yes, um, you know, the left this and all that, but I'm not really white wing either. And not a fuck both of them. Politics is a sham. Okay. So then why are you going after the left? You're making it, polit po you're making it po about politics when you go ahead and you mention woke and you go after the left. So you can't say, oh, I'm not either or. And then go after the left. No, you're you're making it political. Now I don't know where you stand officially. It doesn't really matter, really, because I do agree with you on the, this vaccine, and this is what it's all about. This, this is why you're even in the news, or in what they're talking again outside of football. Now again, what woke mob? I'm I'm you know I I'm on social media quite frequently. Whether it be Instagram or Facebook, I have yet to see people go after Aaron Rodgers. Now, there's, you know, now people might say what they say, but they said the same things about Kyrie Irving. So, about there being a woke mob targeting specifically you, I don't believe that. About the left targeting you, no. Because as far as I could find, there was only like one CNN article talking about you. NBC, that's mainstream, but they're kind of neutral. They kind of said stuff about Aaron being selfish, yada, yada, yada. But that was pro football talk. That was pro football talk. That was their pro football, you know, section of their website. So I don't know what to tell you. All this, you know, again, I'm, I'm all for his beliefs. And I do agree that with a strong, robust immune system, yes, you can fight COVID particularly easily. With the without a vaccine, I agree with these things, but to politicize it and then go ahead and say I'm not political, you're full of shit. To bash Kyrie, I think he's full of shit. And um, again, it's just Aaron Rodgers just being a diva, just trying to be the center of attention again. And I think he needs to focus on winning a Super Bowl. That's what he needs to focus on, because again, he's gonna go down if he can't win just one. He's gonna probably go down as not as good as the rest of them despite having all these great numbers despite having all these great quote and quips to say so you you go ahead and do that with your one super bowl trophy so we'll see we'll see what happens i'm more concerned about him winning i don't i i, I mean again we we're hearing so many different stances about people and where they stand about it so what what do you want to do as the individual you at home okay you worry about yourself Fuck these, fuck these celebrities and where they stand on it. They shouldn't. They should not make you feel any more good about your decision than you. Than you. Sorry. So I'm not hyping him. I'm not hyping. You know. Again, he he made some good points, but again, he muddied it up by going all these different tangents, and I'm not here for that. Go on somewhere and don't disrespect Kyrie like that either. I didn't like that move. All right, y'all. Let's talk about OBJ again. He's on the move again for the third time in eight years. He's been released by the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are facing a 4-4 four four record and a lot of drama, supposedly drummed up by OBJ. Of course, he released this video with his father, put this video out, 
Uh, Baker Mayfield just missing all types of passes, throwing the direction of OBJ, basically making him look like a bad quarterback. And for what it's worth, I mean, he's a decent quarterback. I'm not really buying into the fact that he's a he's an all-time great. I know the media wants to push him super hard, but that's what they do with certain quarterbacks of a certain background. Yeah, just going to keep it like that. Uh, they try everything they can to just overhype some of these guys. And um, same thing with uh, Baker Mayfield. Despite his injury, he's looked average at best this year. Sorry. Um, and that's why they're 4-4. Four and four. They want to blame OBJ. Okay, that's fine. Um, they were pretty much winless before he came. So, what are you saying? They were zero. They First, they won zero games and all that. So, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think I think uh, the key to Cleveland Browns' success will always be their running game and their defense and not quarterback play. Sorry. OBJ was brought in a couple of seasons ago and was intended for to pretty much boost the offense, uh, but has failed to click with quarterback Baker Mayfield, you know, and I think that's probably because of Baker Mayfield not really being an NFL, great NFL caliber quarterback, and I'm just going to go out there and say that. Uh, he's had just 100, two 100-yard 100 receiving games in this time there, and, um, you know, he's he's had to deal with injury too, so I think that's part of it, and again, you know, just the relationship with the quarterback, it just hasn't been there, and I think that's probably because of Baker Mayfield as well. Nobody wants to, a lot of people don't want to talk about Baker Mayfield, uh, but, I mean, again, we'll see. I mean, he had one great year, really, or one good year, which was his rookie year. He broke the little touchdown record, but ever since then, he's been average at best. I don't see where he's been that much of a factor in how his, in, in truly his team's success. I mean, it's a, it's a full... For the, for the Browns, for them, more so than anybody else, like, you know, they are a, a complete team. And you don't necessarily have to be an all-star. And, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if he ever wins the MVP. I don't, I don't see that he's an MVP caliber quarterback. But, you know, that's my opinion. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some Thursday night football. The Colts get it done against the Jets 45-30. to 30. Uh, The Colts move to 4-5. and five. The Jets are 2-6. and six. In this one, Carson Wentz uh, will get the start for the Colts, of course. 22 of 30, 272 yards, three touchdowns from him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I was, I, I was about to say Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but I can't do it. I can't. 172 yards, two touchdowns. Michael Pittman, five receptions and 64 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Danny Pinter, the guard, and tight end Jack Doyle, Doyle excuse me, also gets uh, cut, sorry, catch touchdown passes. And linebacker Bobby Okereke will get 11 total tackles and attack. And a sack, excuse me, and defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth will get two sacks for the Jets. Uh, Josh Johnson will take uh, will take the place of an injured Mike White, uh, going twenty seven to forty one for three hundred and seventeen yards. He would throw for three touchdowns, but he would throw a pick. I believe Mike White would throw a touchdown pass as well. Um, I'm not hundred percent how long uh, White should be out or what the deal is with that. I do know he hurt his hand, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore would be the team's leading receiver. Not really too much to say from them on the ground. Uh, I believe like 50 yards almost uh, total. But anyways, Elijah Moore would have seven catches for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Running back Ty Johnson would have a receiving touchdown. And defensively, uh, def- uh, sorry, defensive tackle John Franklin uh, would get uh, would get a sack. All right, y'all, I'm going to take another break. When we come back, we'll be breaking down the NBA. Uh, just some scores. Of course, I want to talk about the Blazers and Damian Lillard specifically. And then I'm going to be breaking down the standings as well. And, uh, yeah, we're wrapping everything up, at least for this for this part of Saturday. All right, y'all, I'll be right back.
So let's break down the NBA a little bit. And it's been a struggle so far for the Blazers and Damian Lillard as one of the league's top point guards. Uh, he is struggling right now to get things going this season. He's just 21% from the three-point line. He was 0 for 6 in last night's game versus Indiana, and he's missed 34 of his last 41 attempts. Now, despite Portland getting the win 110-106 last night, Dame would only score four points. And that's been the lowest total in his career. That ties for the lowest total in his career. The Blazers led by as much as 19 last night, but found themselves down by 9 late. The team was saved by Robert Covington's late threes. He would hit 5 in the second half and C.J. McCollum's 27. Currently, the Blazers are 4-5. and five. Now, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think we kind of started off kind of in the same boat last year, trying to get kind of getting our stuff together. I don't know why Damon struggled so much from three, um, but I think that's just kind of go with the territory of, you know, you shooting a lot. Shooting, you know, is, you know, it's not as direct as taking it to the paint again. So, you know, they always refer to the shots in the field goal range or at least in the paint and all that as high percentage. So, there's a more of a, there's more of a chance that you're gonna make those shots. So with that being said, you know, he's being streaky. It, it, it happens with shooters; they get streaky. Is there a chance that he gets his stuff together? Definitely. He, he's probably gonna be hot when he gets rolling. Uh, I think it's you know it's, it's good to, it's good to see Covington doing something finally, and it's good to see that CJ is keeping you know keeping something going. You know, he put up 27 last night. Uh, but at four and five, it's a struggle right now, definitely. Um, you know, but it's still early, and uh, you know, for what it's worth, you know, uh, shooters always have those slumps, and but when they get back, they get hot. So I, mean, I do know that you know when he's back, we'll be rolling again. Uh, but again, I mean, it just goes to show you just how much this team relies so much on him, and offensively at least. We've been playing better defensively. I think that shows up but to some extent. But, again, we've just been so much of an offensive-focused team that, you know, when it's not there, it's it's not there. Is there a lot on his mind this season about, you know, just, you know, him staying in Portland? Probably, uh, I believe, about a week or so ago, you, you had uh, fans in Philly chanting, we want Dame, we want Dame, and all that. So I know it's heavy on his head uh, whether or not he wants to stay or what he wants to, you know, put himself through at this point. Uh, so that's probably on his head, too. But I don't know if it's going to take too much away from him doing this thing. I just think, you know, that shooters get cold. And uh, this is what happens to the best of them, even the best of them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, Steph Curry got cold. We see what's happening with uh, Harden. Harden was cold for a minute. Then he got his stuff together. He's, you know, he's having difficult games there and there. But, you know, he's he's starting to turn the corner. So uh, I just think it, it takes time. You know, the, the season's still young. And, you know, hopefully things will turn around relatively quickly uh, for the Blazers. 
But let's uh, move on to the scores uh, we, from last night, at least. We got the, the Nets getting it done against the Pistons, 96-90. to 90. The, uh, the Nets are 6-3. The Pistons are 1-8. In this one, the Nets were led by KD. He, had he would have 29 points, 5 assists, and 10 rebounds. Harden and Blake Griffin will both have 13 points each. Uh, Harden will put up 10 assists and 10 rebounds. Uh, Griffin would have 5 rebounds and 3 assists. This one was a close game for the most part, uh, despite where the Pistons are at right now. It was a really uh, physical game as well. Griffin had got in, into it. Uh, we had KD going back and forth with Kate Cunningham, who had 17 last night. Uh, for the Pistons, they also got help from Kelly Olenek, excuse me, who had 14 points, 2 assists, and 10 rebounds. So a tough physical game. Uh, much like Eastern Conference games from the past. Uh, but again, the Nets, they get it done by six. Uh, moving on, we got the Spurs getting it done against the Magic, 102 to 89. The Grizzlies get the win. Uh, sorry, the Wizards get the win against the Grizzlies, 115 to 87. The, sorry, the Knicks get it done against the Bucks, 113 to 95. No one seems to be talking about the nut, the, the Bucks struggling as much, but they want to. I mean, I see, I see Dame posted everywhere. You know, they don't give us no love. They just love to put us down. The Cavs, uh, they get the win against the Raptors, 102-101. to The Clippers get a W against the Timberwolves, 104-84. to uh, The Pelicans, uh, they take another loss here. They're 1-9 right now. Uh, they take another L to the Warriors, who are 7-1. The final score here was 126-85. to For the Warriors, they were led by Jordan Poole. He would get 26 points. Uh, Steph Curry would have 19 points and 6 assists. And Gary Payton, the second, uh, 17 points. Three assists and six rebounds for the Pelicans. Jonas Valanciunas, Valanciunas will get 20 points and four assists and also 15 rebounds. And Devontae Graham will be the only other help that they would get. 12 points from him, three assists and also three rebounds. Uh, the Hornets were also able to get. Sorry, the Hornets also came up short against the Kings despite being up up big on them. Uh, final score here: 140 to 110. The Kings are five and four. The Hornets are five and five. Uh, for the Kings, they were led by Buddy Heald. He would have 26 points, 4 assists, and 3 assists. Rashawn Holmes would have 23 points and 20 rebounds. And De'Aaron Fox, again, one of the best young point guards in the league, in my opinion. 21 points, 9 assists, and also 3 rebounds. Gordon Hayward would put up 25 points, and LaMelo would have 24 points and 13 assists. Uh, we'll be going into the standings real quick. In the East, we have the Sixers at 7-2. and two. We have the... The, sorry, the Heat in the second place spot at six and two. We have the Bulls here at six and two, at six and two as well. The Nets again, we mentioned them at the fourth place spot. Uh, they are six and three at the, at number five. We have the Knicks at six and three. At number six, we have the Wizards at six and three. And rounding out the top eight in the East, we have the Cavs and the Raptors both at six and four respectively. Going on to the West, we have the Wizards here at seven and one. We have the Warriors here at seven and one as well. At the third place spot, we have the Mavericks here at five and three. At four, we have the at the Suns, excuse me, at four and three. At five, we have the Lakers at five and four. At six, we have the Kings at five and four as well. The Grizzlies and the Nuggets are going to be rounding out the seven and eight spots. The Grizzlies are five and four, and the Nuggets are four and four. All right, y'all. Before I let y'all go, I wanted to give y'all some final thoughts. Like I said, I am racing uh, the clock on my battery here, but I want to get these thoughts off my chest before I let y'all go. Kanye West is full of shit. He wanted to call out John Legend and uh, Big Sean for supposedly not having his back when he ran for president. Let me just say this right here. Um, you know, he said that they were cooning for the Democratic Party. Boy, stop capping. You were cooning for Trump. From the get-go, you had it, your hair blonde, all that. 
did you forget did you not forget that you had his dick in his mouth your dick in his, his dick in your mouth when you was all in the make america great hat all in the white house talking about he gonna do something for us he gonna do something no he gonna do something for you he greased you up why are you playing why are you pretending like you didn't do that the only reason you even ran was to take votes away from the democratic party in the first fucking place but you ain't got six hundred thousand of them because then nobody believed in that stupid ass platform you was talking about you was republican just like the rest of them just like larry elder talking about i'm an independent no motherfucker you you a dick riding republican okay and they used you. You a coon. So don't be calling out nobody else no coon. That's like the, again, if you really feel that way, that's like the, still the, the pot calling the kettle black in the first fucking place because you ain't no better. You was cooning for Trump like it was another Trump. We got dragon blood. Shut up. That's your brother. That's what you said. Or like that's your daddy. He only one put you on like that. Like he put you on. So all that, no, I don't, I don't, again, Biden ain't shit, Trump ain't shit, Democrats ain't shit, Republicans ain't shit. I ain't riding for none of them. I'm pro-community, I'm pro-black people, I'm pro-everybody trying to make it, I'm pro-working class, and I'm pro-college you know, college, you know, students, I'm pro-all that shit. I'm pro-people I'm pro people trying to make it. I don't give a fuck about these millionaires slash these billionaires gatekeepers he boule kanye west is boule don't believe nothing he say he just saying all that type of shit just for his publicity fuck all that he was dick riding donald trump don't ever let him call out somebody for to come out they turned on him boy you turned your back on the black community talking about slavery was a choice we know who we know who who fill your pockets and back to facebook again i gotta race this computer fuck facebook the community standards are full of shit. You allow people to post anything they want, pretty much on there, and you get you talk about how you gonna you gonna check the chat or or uh, you know check the comments. I think y'all single out people's comments and you take them and run with them. Yesterday, I said that Kanye was a coon for Trump, all this, that, and the other. After he previously said on his on his little statement on on what on what Facebook allowed to be posted, he over there saying worse about other black people. I posted that he was cooning for Trump. They talking about my comments violate community standards. Him saying that violated y'all community standards. That that's what y'all want to go on, but you allow that shit to be posted. I'm sitting there watching all type of videos. People calling each other faggots. People calling each other bitches. All type of violence. But you don't you don't want people to comment on it in a crazy way. The fuck out of here, Facebook. Y'all full of shit. Facebook full of shit. Mark Zuckerberg full of shit. You lucky That's all people got right now In terms of social media The minute man I'm just gonna be honest with you Fuck Facebook I'm gonna have to make a So anyways They got me banned For 30 days Cause apparently my comment Again violated You know Community standards Even though What he's saying Everybody else is saying Violating community standards Everybody else seems to have a comment on it But y'all pick and choose Who y'all wanna target Facebook you full of shit So Again, y'all, in terms of social media, I'll be doing a lot of my posting. Again, unfortunately, because Facebook on Instagram, I got to do a lot of my posting there. But they seem to let me get away with a lot more. I can say a lot more shit on Instagram for some reason. They don't have a stick up their ass like they do on Facebook. I don't know why. Um, I'll probably end up making a Facebook page again officially for Never Out of Bounds. That'll probably have to come about just so I can have an extra place to post shit. Also, uh, I have to probably do the, t the Twitter route now. You know, so 
yeah, change is going to have to be made. But I still think Facebook is full of shit. Community standards are full of shit. And it's making me not really want to deal with it or post there no more. So uh, you'll see a lot of shit being posted on Instagram. And again, once I get to Twitter, you'll probably see shit there. And again, eventually I'll have to make a official Facebook page for the show. But it'll just be for the show. And we'll just post shit, you know, show related and podcast related and all that type of stuff. Because that's ridiculous. I, I think Facebook is, is full of shit. But corporations, that's that's what we got. And Meta's gonna be trash. I and I suggest you don't buy into it. Just just keep it as just keep it as simple as you got with your Facebook page. Don't don't buy into the Meta bullshit. It's just seem like it seems like another artifact. It seems like another Matrix. Don't do it, y'all. I'm gonna warn y'all right now. All right, y'all. I can only say so much here because this laptop about to die. But like I said, I'll be back later on tonight. I'm gonna be going through some college football. I'm going to be talking some uh, middleweight boxing. Of course, Canelo's going to be in action tonight. And uh, we have an infrastructure bill to talk about. So we got some national news to talk about, some actual news news to talk about. I'm working on some YouTube shit as soon as I'm able to get my laptop charged. So you'll see. You'll probably see something there soon, hopefully. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a busy day. All right, y'all. If uh, anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I was frustrated today. I need to get that off my chest. Thank you for listening. And I'll highlight you guys later on tonight. Peace out.